Okay, here we are. Here we are. Episode 22. So, <laughs> so this is Brown Burndown. Brown Burndown. The Brown Burndown. The Brown Burndown. Brown Burndown. This is Brown Burndown. Burn Down. Burn Down. The Brown Burn Down. We're back. Sorry for the really extended hiatus that we didn't plan. We did not plan this, but technically we've already been back since we're saying we're back. This is going to be exciting for all of our listeners because they'll get two episodes. Yeah, two episodes. And I think we have a bunch of new listeners. Um, yeah, welcome. So welcome to the pod. Um, we are... You know, I think there's been some confusion about what this podcast is about, but we are, (laughs) this is essentially a pop culture podcast. Um, Rabs and I are friends from college and we are haters, just putting that out there up front. But we have a lot of opinions and we're not afraid to share them. Yeah. And we're also not afraid to hear your opinion. So if you think RBS is worth calling out, then email us. So that's exciting. We, If you guys missed it, we were featured on Brown Girl Magazine earlier this week, which was really exciting. Um, yeah, it was really exciting. We have been able to um, interview Trisha, who is the founder, co-founder and CEO of Brown Girl Mag, and she is um, great. You can listen to our episode with her. I think it's episode... 18 part two part two it's very specific um but yes so thank you trisha um for featuring us we love brown girl mag um and one of our dear friends is a contributor so we're big fans dear friend and listener of this podcast shout out pooch um okay so we have been on a fake hiatus because life got complicated yeah life got crazy life got crazy the pandemic is still going on full force here we are probably here we are 150 days after we recorded our first pandemic episode and yeah we thought it would be like a fun interlude thing of like oh here's like remember that one month we were in a pandemic nope nope this is life now so um we have a lot to talk about um but We'll get right into it. Okay, so we had to, let's get right into it. We had to record this episode, uh, residency school aside, because it's an emergency Kamala episode, and I don't know that I ever believed that we would have to make an emergency Kamala episode. What about you? But we do have one pretty big lingering thought. It's from yesterday or two days ago, right? Yeah, so we have had uh, conversations on this podcast about... um, uh, like the relationship between Asian Americans and college admissions and how that cause is being kind of distorted by Republicans and the media um, in a way that's really sad to see. Um, and the battle continues. Uh, Department of Justice announced that they're suing Yale over discrimination against Asian American and white applicants yesterday it never ends tars it's never gonna end i thought it was funny that they didn't even like try and hide behind just asians now they're like open about uh you know this is really discrimination against white students i also think that and we've talked about this before but it's so hard because there is definitely bias against asian americans in higher education yeah um 
but it's not it's not like other minorities are taking up the spots of Asians. And we've we've talked about this in depth in a previous episode. I can't remember which one, but um, it's just so sad to simplify the issue to that of like, oh, like take away the spots for um, for black and yeah. Latinx students. Yeah, it's, and it's just not what's happening at all. Exactly, and I think when we've discussed it before in the past, we've pointed to the fact that in these discussions, Asian Americans are often used as like a prop to to mm-hmm. leverage um, white, like I don't know, support or dissent against affirmative action. Um, and in the past, it's been very uh, like indirectly done, but now this just feels like it's very overt, right? That yeah, they're not even pretending. No, yeah, exactly. So, um, and it it kind of ties into what we were talking about last time we had an episode about anti-blackness in um, Asian culture and how um, in a lot of ways this model minority myth is perpetuated at the expense of black people in particular and this this feels very much a part of that of yeah. like um, you know Asians are like the good minority and poor hardworking Asians are getting their spots taken away which is just complete like total BS. Yes. So PBD on how this all plays out. Um, but definitely that's some of the, the big news that's come out from this past week and we wanted to talk about it on this podcast. Um, I also, sorry, I also thought that we were done with this. Like I thought no, the Supreme yes. Court ruled in favor of the university in Texas. So I'm not really sure why we're still allowed to do this, but for Yale. Yeah. Agreed. Um, we, it would not be a true Brown Burn Down episode without our favorite segment, <gasps> hashtag Bianca Watch 2020. Honestly, I think part of it, like, we had to have an emergency Kamala episode, but also Nick Yanka are back in full force, yeah. and I have really missed them. Like, they've been pretty quiet during the quarantine, yeah. maybe because of Priyanka's, like, uh, backlash against her with her whitening cream stuff, or maybe yeah. they just, like... Which had other things to do. She still has not addressed, by the way, like, right. let's not forget about that. That's, I mean, that's exactly how, whoever runs her PR, which I'm pretty sure is, like, a college intern who, like, does it for free, probably, <laughs> um, they are making sure that she just, like, evades being called out. She evades being held accountable until enough time passes, and then she just goes on and, like, lives her regular life. 100%. They're back, and they had, like, a photo shoot with a new dog. Why was this on top of, like, the Yahoo News, like, trending celebrity oh, news that day also? I love that you saw that, too. <laughs> I've converted you. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, Just it was why? hilarious. It, well, I think they are experiencing some, like, benefit, ripple effects from people genuinely being obsessed with Sophie and Joe, who yeah. had a baby since we last talked. Did yes. we talk about that last episode? No, I don't, I don't I think we talked about how they were going to, but now they did. Yeah, they have a baby. Its name is Willa. <laughs> and um, it, yeah, people, like, love them. They're obsessed with them because Sophie's so fun, and Joe is, I guess, fun, too. <laughs> and like, so <laughs> could be potentially questionable. Fun. So, like, people really like them, and, like, you know, she's Game of Thrones, he's a Jonas brother, yeah. and he was, like, arguably the Jonas brother. No, 
Yeah. Oh, you can't get into this again. Yeah. <laughs> we can't get into this again. But anyway, people really like them. And so that is always top of Yahoo News. Like if they go for a walk, that is like the top That's, of Yahoo yeah, News. Exactly. But like, they're not really going for walks anymore because now they have a baby. So I think Priyanka and Nick are experiencing some of the spillover effects. Yeah. Like Sophie and Joe are famous or like popular to a level where they didn't even have to announce their pregnancy. Like everybody no. just knew, you know. It's 2020. Well, on, you gotta do what on you gotta that do. point. I think, like, with the Sophie and Joe just not announcing their pregnancy and just never admitting to it, I loved that. And it also makes other celebrities look super shallow. Like, a few days later, Katherine Schwarzenegger and Chris Pratt, who, yeah. like, I don't know if we've talked about him, but how he's trying to become a Republican politician. Like, he wants to be president. He's really sketchy and pretty problematic. Um, but, anyway, he married her as, like, part of this political dynasty. It is hypothesized. Um but they made a huge thing about how they had a baby and like they were like all which is like really not if you're that famous like you don't need to do that unless you want the attention you know yeah like totally Sophie and Joe have showed that like you can just get away with not saying anything but um if you're going to announce and make a whole thing and like tell the whole world it's like a choice yeah Agreed. If you're like a C-lister, sure, no one would know. But like, right. if you're if you're not, anyway, I thought that was interesting. But yeah, they're back. Priyanka and Nick are back. Um, she had some Crocs ads. She's back with the Crocs. Back with the Crocs. I mean, Spike Seltzer dabbled in there here and there. <laughs> but you're so right. Tara said an excellent point that Nick Jonas definitely has type one diabetes. He is definitely at higher risk for infection, especially during a pandemic and it looks like they're getting their like hair styled it looks like mm-hmm. they had like stylists come by and dress them photographers come yeah. by and take pictures it doesn't seem they got like, a new dog yeah no it just doesn't seem like the safest lifestyle choices she also um broke her silence to uh talk about kamala in a way oh. that was really surprising to me because yeah. i would never have guessed that priyanka would care um but maybe that's mean on my part because it is a big moment for south asians everywhere and um she's not excluded from that That and she was sort of like what was the it was like a it was like very a caption which is so interesting that she would like address that but not address her lightning cream ads (laughs) and also like not really speak up about black lives matter it's very interesting. Be- I call my Harris. Congratulations on becoming the first uh, black woman and first person of Indian descent to compete on a major U.S. party's presidential ticket. Hashtag representation matters. P.S. to my younger self, look how far we've come. So, one, question mark, did Priyanka have political aspirations? Two, I think it also shows to me how much national pride Priyanka has, which we've talked about yeah. with all her yeah, Modi yeah, yeah. stuff. And I think part of me is happy that she's still, like, I don't love her political stuff, but, like, that she's still, like, very proud to be South Asian and Indian because in a lot of ways we were talking about how it felt like she has sort of yeah um, given up that part of her. I hope it's genuine and I hope it's not her just, yeah. like, you know, seizing another, like, PR moment, which, like, right, right. suspicion is <laughs> Totally <pretty> could high, <laughs> be. <laughs> but, um, we'll but you know who... 
Yeah, we can give her the benefit of the doubt. And also, you know who, like, seemed genuinely thrilled was Mindy Kaling. Yeah. Was, like, so excited. Remember their dosa? Yeah. Like, a day before she dropped dropped out. out. Yeah. (laughs) Sad. But, yeah, Mindy Kaling. But Mindy was, like, truly thrilled. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the thing you sent me about Padma Lakshmi, right? Yeah, Padma Lakshmi. Yeah, that was cute, too. That was really cute. Yeah. Um, that felt good. So, obviously, one of the reasons we did this emergency episode, and before we have even released our previous episode, is because Kamala Harris announced, or she didn't announce, Joe Biden announced that she would be his running mate um, in the 2020 election, which is huge. It's so many firsts. It's, it's it's the first person of South Asian descent to be on a major party ticket. It's the first uh, black female to be on a major party ticket. She's one, the, the first first generation American to be on a major party ticket. So What? I didn't know that. Yeah. That's crazy. Isn't that cool? Um, is that true? Yeah, that's true. Somebody, yes, that is true. Uh, I was just thinking, I was like, was Obama first generation? No, his, his, no, his, his mom, mom was American. Was here. Yeah, no. Um, isn't that exciting? That's insane. I think, I think it's, I think it's at least energized me a lot more. And I definitely cried. And I know you cried too, seeing this. Like, it just like with everything being so depressing politics-wise, it Mm -hmm. felt like a little bit of, like, revitalization and a little bit of hope, honestly, like, optimism. Like, you don't need to be a white man who's been in politics for a gazillion decades to make it. Yeah. And I think, but while we were really excited, I think it's also valid to be critical of her Mm -hmm. and her track record as a DA. Yeah. And they go hand in hand. I don't think they're necessarily, like, conflicting perspectives. I think that it's, like, both – it's good to both be really excited and happy that she's the selection, but then also realize that she's made some questionable decisions in her past. And there's a reason that, like, people have a right to be upset about some of those. Um, And we should make sure that she's held accountable and, and does not fall down that path again. Right. And I think it's okay to say that she wasn't your dream candidate or I feel kind of similarly to this as I did about um, when we were talking about Booksmart versus Aladdin Mm. way back when, (laughs) like they came out, it's a very different vibe, but when they both came out the same weekend, there was a lot of conversation on social media about how people were so angry that people were seeing Aladdin and not Booksmarks. They were like, it's a huge corporation. Like, it's like so messed up that people are seeing this terrible behemoth monster movie when like <laughs> they should be seeing this like edgy women, like can be more things than usual. Yeah. And while I, like, agree with the point, and I do think that Booksmart was a better movie than Aladdin was, it made me really mad that people weren't acknowledging that Aladdin meant a lot of meant, meant a lot to brown people, and we were allowed to go see it instead of Booksmart and allowed to, like, like it instead of, you know, like, and, right. and appreciate it, even if it is a Disney huge machine thing. Exactly. Um, and seeing that kind of representation mattered a lot more to me than seeing, like, teenage girls be, like having a wild night you know like that 
I think, um, and I feel kind of similarly about this where it's like, okay, it's fine if you don't like Kamala, but I'm allowed to like her and be happy about it because it means a lot to me. And if it doesn't mean a lot to you, that's totally fair. Like if you're South Asian and you don't identify with her, fine. I respect your opinion, but I'm allowed to be happy and you're allowed to not be. Right. I completely agree. And all of this being said, I think it goes without saying, especially to our listeners, that that I think in a lot of the discourse in holding Kamala to arguably a higher standard than than most of the countries holding our current administration, um, right? We are losing um, sight of this extremely important issue that, like, regardless of Joe Biden's track record, regardless of Kamala Harris's track record, like, they need to win this November. Like, there's really not another option. Um, oh, yeah. So Please register to vote. Yeah. Um, if you're not, I don't know, we can't get into this. I don't think that this is an issue for many of our listeners, but um, if you think that it's an equals evil thing, then you are not considering the people who have been impacted by this administration, even if you haven't personally. Or even if you have and you decide that it's um, tolerable to you for whatever reason, mm-hmm. um, I think it's incredibly selfish to make that decision for other people. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then, okay, one more thing. Back to Kamala's announcement from this past week. I think we discussed it a little bit earlier, but... I think when the announcement was first made, it was very interesting, like, how few media outlets, like, addressed her her historic nomination in the way that, I guess, we've just pointed out. Like, I think that a lot of media outlets were, were definitely going to address the fact that she is the first black nominee, which is huge. Like, that is, mm-hmm. that is um, not, not first black nominee, the first black female nominee, but... Um, the, the South Asian c- component was always, like, in the, in the like, second part of the headline, mm-hmm. um, which is very interesting. I was just going to say that I think that the hope really is that, like, this VP candidate is not, in, not a floral decoration in the way that Biden was, arguably, to Obama, mm-hmm. um, as sort of like, okay, well, like, this is the old white guy, so, like, we can get those voters now, yeah. um, because Kamala's from... California so it's not a states thing it is probably a race thing but it also sets her up as like the much younger face of the administration so if things go well she becomes the future of the Democratic Party in a way that like um I don't know that anyone was set up for under the Obama administration because he was the face the future of the Democratic Party and Joe Biden wasn't it Hillary was emblematic of an older guard is the generous explanation for why people didn't love her but there's obviously other stuff going on there um but he's very directly setting up Kamala to be the future and potentially if he doesn't run for a second term because he's really old for her to be the candidate so (laughs) I think it's uh the best we can hope for I think that we've just briefly skimmed over some of the the problematic decisions in her track record as DA um that probably weren't like more discussion um and we can definitely do that on a future episode um but in the meantime, we just want to say that this was a really big moment for Brown representation, and um, it just it felt really special to us. Yeah. So, like, one last point about Kamala Harris. Um, there's this um, article that's actually written by one of our classmates in the Washington Post that 
brought up a really good point that I think we did not mention uh, yet, which is that the there's this push amongst the the um, Indian American community to claim Kamala Harris as like one of our own. Um, I know that for I think this, this the author in this article mentions it a little bit, but my parents sent me WhatsApp forwards that they got from their Indian friends on of like pictures of Kamala wearing a sari, like mm-hmm. her time in Chennai, right? And did you see those too? Yep, I got those. I got yeah. all the WhatsApps. Yeah, and I mean, I understand like where that that sentiment comes from. Like this is like what we what Tars and I were saying. It's super exciting to see somebody who looks like you and identifies with your culture in some way take up this nomination. Um, but at the same time, um, there we have to be careful that in doing so, um, that we're not essentially whitewashing or I guess brownwashing her her black identity and um there there's a lot of her upbringing that is very very deeply rooted in being a black woman and she's gone to school at Howard um her mother raised her with this very conscious fact that she was a was a black woman not just an Indian woman and so um I think that it's important Tars and I mentioned this a little bit about how media outlets have been quick to to call her black before calling her south asian um but there is definitely like a reason for that too aside from like the political prop that it serves yeah i think that yeah the kind of auntie approach of like claiming her like she wore a sari one time she's basically south asian um approach yeah yeah is i think it's like it's natural right because you can see yours and that's like the point right like you want to be able to see yourself in leaders and politicians and Uh they are seeing themselves and are really excited about it and that's like I mean we've talked about the Indian Trumpers and how kind of the rich Indians are uh have interesting views about politics um and so I mean that is good but I think it's also the idea about projecting yourself onto people in power is a double-edged sword where it's like Kamala clearly identifies, well, I mean, I can't say clearly, I don't know her, but she went to Howard. She identifies as mixed race and she has different pieces of the culture, but the narrative that she's chosen to put out there in her kind of political life has been identifying with the black community more strongly. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's like her choice. And we, it's hard to project onto someone something that they have not told you and I think it's like it's like um it risks boxing people right yeah it's an it's an interesting point and I think it definitely like it speaks to this I don't know I we've alluded to it before but this desire among South Asian immigrants to like identify one of their own and like Mm. claim them right I don't know if this happens to you but like my family members when we're like out in the street in public if you see another like brown person their mom will like do a double take and be like yeah who are they like where are they from and I think that's like that speaks to just like the the 
isolation of being an immigrant and and totally. wanting to recognize someone as your own. So I think it's very like valid and 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 natural for people to want to project this onto Kamala, but we have to be careful when we do that. Right? And you assume that you have a lot of shared values and morals and blah blah right. blah blah, totally. but that's not necessarily a fair assumption to be making. Um, and I think it's it's kind of a as you know generations have been living in. Um, the United States and being South Asian American is uh, not so, it's a, it's a path charted before. I think we are starting to one, see different expressions of what it means to be South Asian. There's like, but with that, there's also, I think a little bit of sadness in losing that commonality. Like it's, it's exciting that we are now able to be different things and you can't necessarily like, what does it mean to claim someone as South Asian? Like Mindy Kaling's experience is so different than Priyanka's, but, um, at the same time, there is something sad about being like, Oh, well, you know, just because they're of Indian origin doesn't actually really say very much about them. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Overall, I think, it's really exciting that Kamala is yes. on the ticket to me personally. And even if maybe um, that's not a part of her identity that she has played up so much, I think it still serves as evidence of representation um, right. that is exciting and inspiring to me. I I completely agree. And I think in politics, and I'm not, okay, not to say that her Indian identity has been displayed necessarily only for like, appearances sake but even if that were the case and she does not identify at all with really being Indian like I'll take it it's so exciting Um, yeah and like the representation that we have seen in politics previously on a higher scale or at least it's been talked about more broadly which maybe isn't fair but like Nikki Haley was in a very prominent position in the administration or even Bobby Jindal was running for president (laughs) um lol and so but like that was that was uh, where you know talking about like releasing videos of like your mother and your trips to Chennai growing up or whatever that would not have been something that those campaigns no, did because that no. was that was not an asset that was a disability to their campaigns right. and even if it's maybe more for political reasons the fact that she's leaning into this side of herself and like talks about her mom and obviously was very close to her mother and um the experience she had growing up and makes those as with Mindy Kaling like that is that's exciting to see 100% agree Bobby Jindal would not be caught dead doing something like that (laughs) yeah when you when you send Bobby Jindal running for president it reminded me of his his surprise the announcement. The tree! The tree! <laughs> and his kids were like, um, okay. <laughs> YouTube that for the greatest <laughs> fail ever. Um, as always, send us your thoughts on Kamala Harris being nominated as vice president. So, um, I think we're going to do a sharp pivot, but also cover um, an a really important topic that's come up over the past month and probably something that a lot of you, if not all of you, were at least talking about, in, if not watching, and that's this new show on Netflix, uh, Indian Matchmaking. Yes. I think that um, it's a it's a hard pivot, except for the, the, the through line is Sanjana also wrote an article about this oh, for yeah, the Washington okay, Post, so... We just got to get her on this pod. We just got to get her on the pod. Um, So I guess 
the funny thing about Indian matchmaking is I saw this on my Netflix feed and I thought that this was like a Netflix India show. Yeah. It is not it's... a Netflix India show. It's not related <laughs> to Netflix India at all. I kind of, some of it I was like, maybe you should have consulted Netflix India, but yeah. that's a whole separate issue. Um, but it's also a show that everyone has been watching. And to me, that speaks to, which I'm sure many of our listeners have experienced, the like, <sighs> fetishization is the wrong word, but the like fascination with arranged marriages that um, uh, non-South Asian people have. Like there is just this like, I personally from like very early age have been getting questions of like, oh, are you going to have an arranged marriage? Which is, um, there's just something that really fascinates white people and non-South Asians about like this idea. When has a South Um, Asian ever asked you if you're getting an arranged marriage? (laughs) No, that question exclusively comes from white people. Part of me is like, this is kind of ick that they are basically capitalizing on that for a non-South Asian audience primarily. Mm -hmm. Like this is sort of like, guys, did you know that this is a real thing that still happens? And like, we're going to give you a sneak peek. And I think the people that they chose with like a few exceptions are, um, problematic. Like I just, I worry about, there's already this cultural obsession with arranged marriages. And then you see something like this and you're like, it's just a huge stereotype one that people are, and okay. Some of it is very founded in truth, like the right. casteism and yeah. the fairism and the mm-hmm. really problematic stuff that definitely exists in South Asian society. But also, I don't want this to be what people think that, like, South Asian relationships are like, you right. know? Totally. Like, it's totally. there's a question about is all representation good representation? Right, yeah. That's very fair. And I think that. So, okay, to, to backtrack a little bit, when you were talking about, like, this cultural obsession with arranged marriage, mainly from, like, the West onto South Asian culture, um, that's, like, a stereotype that has been perpetuated by a lot of Western media. That's, I think, Indian Americans also feed into that. Like, I, I think in Sanjana's article on the New York Times where she, she, she wrote an op-ed about, about this, she talks about, like, Master of None and the Mindy Project having plot lines where like the characters are like contemplating arranged marriage and or even in New Girl like she contemplates arranged marriage and then in New Girl where it's like arranged marriage is like the like thing you have to do because your family's making you do it and it's like so whatever but like then you find love with a white person so it's all good you know (laughs) yeah oh yeah that's that's usually how the story goes right I think Per Sanjana's article, at the same time, um, it is really exciting to see on the screen a rep- like a, an acknowledgement that a lot of South Asian people do want a South Asian partner mm-hmm. and they have to, and like, so it's not like every, like media would tell you every South Asian person is actually looking for mm-hmm. a white person, white but person, there are, yeah. there are a lot of cultural commonalities. Um, and I think it does do an interesting like, I think in some ways it illustrates some of the issues that um, the South Asian community faces by being modernized um, yeah. in a more uh, traditional society of, like, women want to be 
respected in relationships and like be equals. And that is something that traditional Indian values don't align with. And so like, how do you navigate that? Like, remember what's her name? Geetha? Yeah. Yeah, the like other dude, matchmakers so problem i mean like sima is super problematic but like so is gita was super problematic and i think that i don't know i think like I, what i was going to say earlier was that it felt like this show was not meant for me like it it felt like yeah. this show was meant for people who are not indian to like other indian culture um yeah i know that at least at least initially for me like you and I were probably, like, some of the last people to actually watch this show. Yeah. I think, <laughs> like, most of my non-brown friends watched it first. And, well, I, I think I looked at, like, the executive producers of the show. And, like, I think the, the director and um, main producer is a woman of South Asian descent. But mm-hmm. the, everybody else is white. Is a white dude. Yeah, what? Like a white dude, yeah. It's kind of weird, right? So, uh, yeah, I mean, I uh, you guys should read Sanjana's article. It's really good. Um, we can link to it in the show notes. But um, it is, it's like, it's this dichotomy of on the one hand, these are problems in South Asian culture that it's worth having a Western audience be exposed to. So, like, they know. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it does not speak for all South Asian culture. And, like, mm-hmm. it's not... Yeah, like that, and I, I, I really didn't like the end where it was like this kind of bait and switch thing where the last girl who's like very briefly highlighted, I can't remember what her name was. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and she was like, I don't want to she dark or something like that. Well, there's this whole setup where I think the initial premise is like normal people do matchmaking, which I don't, I don't know how normal everyone was on the show, but like, it's like, <laughs> oh, like, I think in particular... Um, Nadia, yes. Nadia is, like, this beautiful girl, so fun, so sweet. Like, she's doing, like, she's using Matchmaker. Like, it's just a part of culture. Um, But at the same time, like, that last, then the last girl was sort of framed similarly of, like, she's, like, normal and pretty and wonderful and blah, blah, blah. And then she's super racist. Like, I think that that should not be the takeaway of, like, you know, like, your normal South Asian friends might do this, but, like, secretly they're really problematic underneath. Like, I don't know. I just don't know. I just don't know. I know, yeah. I think this show just, like, straight up normalized a lot of, like, problematic ideas rather yeah. than calling them out. I felt like the only right. the only plot lines that I really liked, plot lines, characters that I enjoyed were, like, Vyasa's, that his story was was really sad. But even then, like, yeah. Seema is like, mm, yeah, this is, like, a big... I mean, actually, no, she was actually pretty understanding about him. But still, it was, like, presented as this, like, flaw in his past that he had to, like... Like, if you're going to make a show that features just, like, one problematic idea after the next, and you're just going to present it without, like any discussion Mm -hmm. as to like what why this is a a reality and like what is being done to change it like then I feel like you've lost a huge opportunity it's a huge missed opportunity um you're so right it was played for like like regressive culture porn in a way of like ooh, like, look at this, like, they're being really racist because she's Guyanese, or like, ooh, like, this girl has a kid, and that's, they're being really, like, really 
mean to her because of that. Like, it was just like, this is problematic, this is problematic, this is problematic, next episode. And um, I don't know. I just feel like this is also many people's only real introduction to Indian culture. Oh, yeah. Like, or like this and Slumdog Millionaire. Because we talk (laughs) about South Asian representation in Western media, but it's predominantly like... Yeah, like the Aziz and the Mindys who have shows about being an American. Um, even Priyanka, for some reason, is in shows about being an American. Really? And so, like, this is the thing that people watch about India, and that's what they think about it. And then you get, you know, people assuming things about culture, which may be true in some circles, but um, are very much not broadly applicable. And this is the kind of stuff that you get random Uber, Uber drivers being like, oh, oh so, yeah. like... Uh, you're South Asian. You must um, hate all dark people. You know. Yeah, like your your family probably doesn't want you to marry someone who's Guyanese, right? Yeah. <laughs> like want to put like, want to bet that somebody will ask us that at some point in the next year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd put money on that. Yeah. So um, all in all, I don't know. Would you recommend people watch this show? Honestly. I didn't enjoy it. Like, I think with Never Have I Ever, it took me a few episodes. Like, I really hated the first few episodes, but I was obsessed by the end. The payoff was worth it. Mm -hmm. I don't really feel like there was any payoff to this show. Like, I felt like it made me angry. I am not a Seema fan by any stretch of the imagination. Seema is straight up bad at her job. Like she's their their success rate is zero. It is zero, literally zero. And I just love how she like she'll get clients and she'll be like, "Mm, usually cannot take clients like this. This is a very big problem for me. Very big problem. It's like this is your freaking job. Like you signed up for this. (laughs) That is literally your job. Yeah. (laughs) Um. I don't. Yeah. I just don't know that it was saying anything very interesting about um. South Asian culture it didn't feel to me like the people and also it's helpful to know that there was actually a casting call for the U.S. Mm, people Um, it wasn't like her clients she didn't have clients in the U.S. Um, because the Indian people all to me it seemed like were being pressured by their parents and their family yeah and in the U.S. it was like I don't really feel like you want to be doing I didn't know what the show was trying to say particularly yeah. except as like a intrigue piece for people who are obsessed with the idea of arranged marriages and I just don't think that's that interesting. I think it would have even just been a lot better if they'd actually because like in Sanjana's article she talks about which I think is super true like this does show sort of one it shows that people are looking for South Asian partners but it also shows kind of the underbelly of this whole thing which is valuable to see I think it would have been nice if they'd showed one actual success story where the people seemed genuinely happy together you know yeah maybe it's not a real-time thing maybe it's a retrospective because my favorite part of that whole show were the like Harry met Sally things where there was like couples who were like we met like 40 years ago like those were so sweet they were funny they were like real and that to me was good representation of like okay yes like Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And I liked how they talked about, like, um, Aparna's mom was talking about how she got divorced, and there's just, like, there's sort of, like, it doesn't always work, but, like, sometimes it does work. I think that's a really interesting narrative, and um, that's, like, a myth-busting thing, and I think that that's really important. But she didn't show a single success story. She showed a lot of awkward first dates and people, like, riding off into the sunset with people they clearly weren't going to end up with. Like, it, it, so I was just unclear about. yeah. I think if they did a better job of maybe telling retrospective stories or something like that, I think it would be 
a lot better. Agreed. I agree 100%. Um, yeah, so that's kind of our hot take too, is that maybe don't waste your time watching it. But um, I know a lot of people loved it, and I'm glad that people forced me to watch it. So thanks yeah. for that. I agree. So I guess that's our episode, guys. Um, as always, rate, review, subscribe. And if you're a new listener, thank you so much for listening. Um, tell your friends about our podcast. And always feel free to reach out to us. Burn down at gmail.com. Follow us on Insta.